said? We top flight security of the world, Craig. Shit, not just the city, the world. Been jacked by Santa Claus, all kind of shit. They need security in the world, Craig. Shit, one thing. What's going on? What's going on? How we doing? How we feeling? What's going on with my people? How we doing? How we doing? How we doing? Welcome to the greatest voice. Welcome to the greatest voice. Welcome to the greatest voice. That is the sound, not of a Corona being popped, but of a bang. This possibly very unhealthy energy drink that I bought from a Chevron gas station two miles away. My auntie already told me I need to stop doing this because she knows what she knows what this does to my blood pressure. But hey, it is what it is. If I die, I'll die energetic, full of uh, candy apple crisp is the flavor of this. How we doing? How we feeling? What's going on? Shout out to everybody who's a part of the family. Shout out to everybody who's a part of the mob. Shout out to my TikTok audience. Shout out to my uh, Central Valley, my California audience. Um, let's just hop right into the topics. Um, because there's a lot of y'all on TikTok. <laughs> I got like four or five videos going viral on TikTok right now of uh, pissed off groups, but I'm going to get to y'all later. I'm going to get to y'all at the end of the episode. I wanted to talk about a. Um, so for those who do not know what that clip was that I just played, I'm assuming that those who do not know what that 15 second clip at the beginning of the episode was, I'm assuming that y'all are not of African-American or Mexican descent. There was a film series that was very popular from the 1990s to the 2000s called the Friday series. That was from Friday after next. That was a scene where these two young men in efforts to scrabble up money to support living in a little one bedroom apartment in Compton, California, got jobs as security guards in a local little, you know, little ghetto, little ghetto, little mall, the equivalent of you working at Diddy's Discount on Mac Road in South Sacramento. You know, if you know, you know, Uh, and one of them was taking the job way, way way too seriously as he said to his cousin uh, Craig we top flight security of the world Craig not the city the world the world the world and as somebody who does security for a profession that shit was uh I'm, you know, I've always saw security guards my whole life. Let me just just have it. We're going somewhere with this conversation. But let me tell you the very first the very first security guard that I actually knew by name and mentally recognized. I was 17 years old attending Job Corp. Job Corp is basically juvenile detention mixed with trade school. We were located next to a housing project, a low-income community, a neighborhood full of dudes who was outside selling crack cocaine and methamphetamine at the time for recreational purposes. And there was a security guard who used to always call Mike Jones. He didn't look like Mike Jones, the one-hit wonder rapper from 2006, but we just used to call him Mike Jones. The dudes who used to live in the complex next to our job corp used to come to our campus, hop the fence and sell dope and have sex with the underage girls there. Yes, they were pedophiles. It is what it is. Um, so, dude, that's not funny, but just being for real. So one time I will never forget. Mike Jones's ass was on that boardwalk. He went on there. He said, what y'all grown ass men over here? Y'all get away from them cheering. And them two little boy, them two men lifted up them pistols. Bop, bop, bop. They, I don't think they were trying to hit him because from where they, where they were shooting at him at, I feel like hey, they could, if they wanted to hit him, they could have hit him or just their aim was that bad. So I bring it up because Mike Jones ass hauled up and ran off in the middle of the, ran off to the other side of the, the campus. 
And we all laughed and joked about it. And I bring it up because from that experience, seeing his ass get chased with gunfire, I never thought too kindly of security guards. Never thought too highly of them, I'll say. And it's kind of interesting that that's the profession that I'm in right now to earn money, to earn uh, to earn a living, to pay my bills, to spend 40 or $50 at Save Mart. So, you know, it's interesting. Now, granted... I have a new job doing security. I haven't. So a lot of people don't know the difference in between. I'll say the levels of security. I think a lot of the time, particularly in the black community, when we think of a security guard, we think of the dude standing in front of a DD's discounter, sitting in front of us, a, a food co. I don't know why food codes always are in the ghetto. I don't know why. Or if they're not in the ghetto, they attract people from the ghetto. Standing in front of a food code, just scrolling on his phone, trying to read his messages on Instagram. But, there's differences between that versus the security that I'm doing. So those kind of security guards, your job is only to observe and report. Somebody can literally slap the shit out of you while you on your job. Just take a whole, whole just gallon of sour cream and just dairy sour cream and just slap you in the face with it. And your job in that situation is either to run away or observe and report the situation. <laughs> observe you getting your ass whooped with sour cream. That is your job in the situation. Well, the level of security that I'm doing right now, I'm not going to get specific with specific agency because I'm trying to keep it on its own. But in essence, what we do is if you even so much as threaten me or threaten somebody in our locations because they're high up contracts, I have to detain you. Like a lot of the time when you was doing, I was doing lower level security. I'm going somewhere with this story. A lot of the time when we was doing lower level security, be it at the gas station, be it at the grocery store, be it at the little hair store in the ghetto, be it at the little, little car meets, you really couldn't put hands on people. Or if somebody threatened you, you just had to let them just walk away, file a report about it, possibly call the police if you felt it was that serious afterwards. And truth be told, a lot of the times when you did call the cops, they wouldn't do nothing. You know, they just would, you know, say, you know, but bring it up because in this situation where I'm working now, how the level I'm at now, I have to detain you. If you threaten me or threaten nobody, if you even like a lot of the time I could see that. And that's the thing I hate because like back in the day, I could let a lot of shit slide. Man, fuck you, man. I kill you, your mama, all y'all niggas. Hey, bro, just go on, man. I'm not even on that type of time. Now, if you say that on my job now, I have to detain you by force or not by force. You know, it is what it is. And it puts you in a very uh, different position. So, I bring all that up because to pass for the agency I'm with right now, we have a a shooting qualification that we have to pass. You have to be able to shoot a certain amount of yards away with a certain amount of accuracy, just in case for the hypothetical scenario that somebody might come into your site. And dare I say, I don't know if they just had a bad day that day. I don't know if they EDD card was locked. I don't know if they went to a seven 11, got a Slurpee and put the wrong flavor in it. But you might have to be in a situation where shit might get spunky, shit might get iffy, and you might have to put somebody down, you know, not put them down, not leave the first, you're not trying to kill them, they do not encourage you to kill them, but, you know, if shit get real, you gotta be prepared, so, you have to shoot at a certain level. I went to this shooting range in, um, in Tracy, California, shout out to Tracy, by the way, shout out to my people out there, Tracy, shout out to everybody out there, Tracy, French Camp, um, uh, what's my other what's my other place? Um Mantica, all that. 
For those, as y'all can tell, I try to make it a point on this podcast to show love to all the cities, to all the all the cities and villages and towns, pueblitos in California that I feel like even those from California don't acknowledge exist. You know, that's why I'll get on this podcast and show love to Rio Vista or show love to Walnut Creek or show love to Iowa because you know, and for a lot of the time, be real with you, you know. Some of them little obscure cities in California. I don't know if y'all know, but them cities be having. See, that's where you can find like the really like popping events at sometimes. Like not clubs, but events. Like a lot of the popping jalapeños, like the Mexican ranch parties, the country parties. They be in Tracy. They be in Manteca. They be in Visalia. They be in Tulare. They be in uh, Livermore. They be in Livingston. So I ain't gonna lie. This bang is hitting this goddamn energy drink gave me a heart attack. It was definitely worth it. Definitely, definitely worth the risk of um of um of high blood pressure. So I bring it up because when I was there, I slid out there and it was, you know, you know, I had to get my shots off. I shot a lot better than I thought I was gonna do. You know, I shot a lot. I ain't saying I'm the shit with my shooting, but I'm just gonna say, you know, if somebody want issues with me, you know, they gonna you know, they gonna have a hard time out shooting me. But uh it surprised me when I went out there how many black law enforcement people I saw shooting out there. That really surprised me. And when me and my boy, my shout out to my boy, he does federal security like I do too. Shout out to my boy. I'm actually going to have him on the podcast too. And when we went shooting, there was this older black dude right next to us, really dope ass dude, really kind guy. And um he was law enforcement too. He dapped us up. He asked us what is what did, what we do, what agency what we told him. He said, Hey man, he, he dapped both of us. Hey, thank y'all, man. We need more brothers like you out here. We need more brothers like you out here. We need more like y'all. And we went to the gas station. We went to the gas station next door. We weren't even in the shooting range anymore. We happened to just be talking about us being, um, you know, being officers. Which, whoop. Older black gentleman walks in. He he happened to hear us talking. He told us, hey, man, you know, um, he said, y'all trying to get in law enforcement? I said, well, we kind of are in it. He said, hey, man, you know, hi, look for CHP. CHP is hiring. Plus you black. Plus you black. They're looking for us right now. They're looking for us right now. He happens to work for CHP. Much love to him. I want to give him some love too. Round of applause for him. And um, I don't know if God was just trying to surround us with black cops all for like the last two hours. I don't know if them, all these niggas just was like, hey, they're here. We need to have a meeting. But it was dope to kind of feel like, you know, when it comes to um, the current climate with law enforcement, with police, we can say that right now it's very tense. It's a very uneasy um, energy against people who are law enforcement officials, people who are cops, be it corrections, be it even just your very average security guard, even though I think the average security guard honestly can kind of talk himself out of shit because he can just say, I'm just doing my job. <laughs> even when you're doing uh, FPS or Border Patrol. And um, I bring it up because don't get it fucked up. All those jobs are still paying good. And we're kind of in a weird place in California because all of those agencies from the highest level of security to the low, to the common police department to corrections, corrections, all of those agencies, even BART police, they are really hungry trying to hire people right now. 
Like really, I'm trying to, and I'm telling anybody right now, if you're trying to get into law enforcement right now, 2022, this is the era. This is the time. This is the time. Because let me tell you something. The pay ain't dropped. The pay has not dropped. The pay has not. <laughs> there is definitely a financial incentive with trying to apply for these positions. You know, I can tell you the eight, the job I got right now, I've been trying to apply for this job for three, three or four years. They was not fucking with my black ass at all. But they happen to be in a drought. They happen to be in a drought. And it's interesting. It's interesting. Uh, it's, it's interesting seeing like just to kind of just seeing how things are going right now, because I do. You know, I have like a lot of y'all who do know me, a lot of y'all who are familiar with me, who have seen me in the streets, have seen me. A lot of y'all know me outside the pot. And I'm going to say this also much love to everybody who has seen me and showed love in the streets. Much love to everybody who recognizes me and says, hey, man, listen to your podcast. Y'all do not know how how that makes me feel like I appreciate y'all really be making me feel hood famous. I will keep saying that. But a lot of y'all do know me from being a security guard. A lot of y'all do know me from being a bouncer. A lot of y'all do know me from working as, as a bank protection officer, being a bouncer, being security, et cetera, et cetera. And part of what made, I think, what makes my audience, what makes my my story, like part of what I think what makes my influence, I guess, come off so genuine and makes y'all really want to flock to me and listen to my wild ass crazy stories about how I almost got stabbed in Lodi or stabbed in working clubs in Modesto or some shit like that is because... I think you can tell it comes from a real place. You know, I think a lot of the times when you see people who are entertainers and personalities, they have to kind of create this image or create this identity. And when you do security or you do law, anything that's kind of somewhat law enforcement related, especially if you're a minority, you're always put in a very, 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 very uncomfortable situation because there's always that natural bias that people have to you, your own people, because they don't know how you finna come. So a lot of the time, for example, I can tell you as being a security guard, when you deal with niggas, a lot of the time I let them, I let them know when I'm dealing with my own people, when I'm dealing with the Latinos or my, even the Asians who might be Stockton Asians. I say Stockton Asians, because if you know, you know, Stockton Asians are different than the ones you saw in karate kid but i try to let them know hey bro hey what's up at the end of the day bro you're dealing with a nigga bro you're dealing with a nigga yes i got this badge on yes i got this gun on my head with you woo woo but you're dealing with a nigga bro i'm i'm at the same clubs you at after this talking to the same females you talking to after this hey we the same with you woo and a lot of the times I think that's a gift. I think that's something that we take for granted, honestly, like people who black people who work in law enforcement, black people who work in securities, because a lot of the times we have the ability to resolve. We have the luxury of being able to resolve certain issues with our with our presence, with our words, with our energy, with relating to people, because I'll never forget, man. It was one time I was working at the bank. And dude came to the front door of the bank, you know, and 
he was I, you know, I'm the type of guy like if you come even two or three, four, five, ten minutes late, I'll still try to talk to the manager and see if, if they can maybe help resolve your situation. Hey, bro, I know bills is due next. I know I know rent is due tomorrow. I know it's bad. We'll do a whoop and I'll try to help you out. He came to the door, was very respectful of me. I was like, no, nah, bro, hey, no, nah, blood, I got you, bro. It's good. You feel me? I'm going to let you do your thing. I'm, I'm let me go talk to the manager, right? I was working with another security guard at that moment. The other security guard was white. Not the best when it comes. He was not the most talented when it comes to relating to people and having conversations with people and just doing his thing, right? Bring it up because I walked back to the manager and I asked him. The manager said, no, man, JT, you already know how we do. We're 410. We're trying to get out of here. No. I said, okay, I understand. When I walked back to the front door at the time, my white counterpart who was an officer with me was talking to him. I do not know how the words went. So words were exchanged. Shit went left. And by the time I got there, the dude said this. He was telling the white dude, no, you don't even know, nigga. I can run through you right now, nigga. But I'm not out of respect for blood right here. And he pointed at me out of respect for blood. Nigga, I ain't finna do it. But nigga, I can run through you right now, nigga. And I was like, what the fuck? How did it go so left? But I bring it up because. All I simply did when I talked to him was just talk to him on the same level. Hey, bro, what's good? Okay, bro, I understand. My counterpart at the time, he didn't do that. He came off a little bit too, you know, he came off a little bit too Officer Johnson. He came off a little bit too, you kids get off my lawn-esque, you know, a little bit too much, you know. And I've been in there, but then the catch about that is that's another thing you got to think about too. I, I had to understand too is. When you are dealing with your people or when you are dealing with the herd, when the hood come to your site, there is a such thing as giving them too much leeway. There is a such thing as giving them too much leeway. I'll take it a step further. We not going to death, but a lot of the dudes who are listening to my podcast, shout out to our little, the little former gang members that they listen to my podcast or gang members to listen. And I'm going to say this. There's a few of y'all. I'm not going to say which gang. I'm not going to say which clue. I'm not going to say which side, but y'all know who y'all is. Who I'm who I learned when I used to let y'all come to my little place of employment and we had some disagreements because y'all was having lived having your way a little bit too much. And I had to say, hey, bro, listen, we got to chill out, bro. Y'all can't be doing that. Y'all can't be doing that. We all on good terms now and it's good. But, you know, you know, you know, hey, we can have a conversation. Shit went up and left. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, And it is something to be said about that. How sometimes if you are too cool with the hood, you are too cool with your people. They can feel they can take advantage of you. So it kind of puts you in a very interesting situation. Um, and this whole podcast is not going to be about that because I have a lot of different topics I want to talk about. But to put a button in that topic for a little bit, being top flight security of the world. It's a very interesting experience because as a black man, me and my boy were just talking about this yesterday. And what we're talking about is not the universal standard experience of every black man from Northern California. But it does put you in a very interesting situation because what happens is you get to see both sides of everything. As a person who's been followed home from work, as a person who's been jumped at work, as a person who's had to fight, who's had the police uh, meet me outside and uh, get possibly end up taking me to jail because a customer lied and said I did this or did that to him and I didn't when they started the fight. 
you're naturally going to look at certain situations and certain disagreements in between law enforcement and minorities or whatever people and try to say, well, there's got to be both sides to the story because I've been there before. But at the same time, because you might come from a certain environment or your family might come from a certain environment, you're going to see certain situations and say, well, damn, I, yeah, bro, you know, he shouldn't, he shouldn't have been out there with a gun. Yes, illegal, illegal arm possession. Amen. It was an attempted shooting. But then I understand because, listen, I told y'all, like when I was living in Alabama, you know, shout out to my family out there. You know, we, it's shit a little bit spunky with them, but it is what it is. When I was staying out there on North Colonial Drive, Lily, I stayed on one house. My cousin stayed four houses ahead of me. My other auntie and them stayed up, up three houses down. I'm the only one who didn't go to jail. Only one who didn't go to jail at all of them. Now, I'm also the one who, like them, was 15, 16, running around in the middle school like I was fucking retarded. But I'm no better than them, so I won't talk down to them on, on that aspect. But I bring it up because... Because I had that duality in my life, I could see from both sides. I could see from both sides the person who's doing crime to make ends meet and also the person who's having to stop the crime and be a deterrent to the crime because that's their job. Shout out to one of my homies, man. One of my homies, um, he sometimes listens to the podcast too. He a homie, he from the hood with the whoop. And I'll never forget one time we was having a conversation at the bar and he told me, he's like, hey, bro, hey, cuz at the end of the day, bro, it's no hard feelings because I understand what side of the fence you want. You do you my nigga and you cool, you cool people, but at the end of the day, I understand what side of the fence you have to walk. I understand what side of the fence you have to this I understand this is where you have to be, this is what you have to do. So and but I bring it up because a lot of the time, especially when you're dealing with you're dealing with the hood, you're dealing with certain people, a lot of them are not gonna understand that. Hence you have the people calling you Uncle Tom, calling you a sellout. Now, granted, there are some black officers and black law enforcement out there who do try to basically be a little bit too, you know. They try to be a little bit too like the um like the man at the beginning of this clip, I'll say. So moving on from that, I'll just say to put a button in that topic. Much love to all my black law enforcement out there. Much love to all my black officers. Much love to all the people out there who walk the streets, who walk the prison yards, be it the correction officers, be it the, the federal police, be it the government police, be it, well, those two are kind of the same, be it the police officers, be it national, anything out there. All my black officers out there, particularly in the state of California, because, you know, a lot of us have to walk a dual path. You know, a lot of us... um there are, I'll just say this, there are a lot of black law enforcement and officers and a lot of Mexican law enforcement officers who, yeah, they work for San Jose Police Department. Yeah, they work for BART Police. Yeah, they work for Stockton Police Department. Yes, they are paying a mortgage on a four or five bedroom home in Ripton, California. But at the same time, at the end of the day, they have to be in situations where they literally have to arrest niggas who stay three or four streets Three or four houses down from where their grandmama live at. And it's always, it's always, 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 always. Listen, I've worked at a club or a bar somewhere. I've worked at clubs and bars where my family came and they was the motherfuckers who we had to, you know, I didn't put cuffs on them or pepper spray them, but had to let them know, hey, bro, y'all can't, no, bro, y'all can't be on that here, bro. It's bad, bro. Stop, bro. You're making my job hard. So I understand. I understand the duality of it. Now, moving on from that, and speaking of being in uncomfortable situations, 
Uh, shout out to East California. And even when I say East California, I only bring it up because I feel like everybody acts like anything past El Dorado. <laughs> like if you're from California, I feel like there's at least about there's about four regions in California that a lot of for the majority of the time we act like don't exist. Like Eastern California, that all that land that's like kind of like borderline Nevada. The part of Northern California that's past like Rockland and Auburn, like a lot of us act like that doesn't even exist. I want to give love to all y'all out there. I actually met a fan from Santa Rosa uh, the other day, so I want to give love to all y'all out there. Eureka, Yreka, all that. I bring it up because I am really realizing some now how how unhealthy it is, how mentally unhealthy it is. Too frequent the same places, too frequent the same bars, too frequent the same nightclubs, to sometimes talk to the same people. Um, last night I went to a bar with my homie. Shout out to everybody out there. Shout out to Zach, Evan, Gabrielle, Steve, Howard. Now I'm just yelling at random people. Shout out to them. We went to the bar. Bar that happens to be my place to employment. Then we went to another bar, which are both great places to frequent, great places to go and drink to your heart's content. Now, with that being said, I had a fucking headache the size of, I had a headache from bar to bar there. Not because of my people, because they was cool. I always fucking love hanging out with them, but it was just like, and I, and, and honestly, to be real with you, that's something I've been dealing with, like with me just going out in general, just because. There's not that many bars in Lodi, Sacramento, or Stockton that either I've never been to or either I've never worked at. So there is a part of me that's kind of like, kind of like, bro, it's the same shit over again, the same shit over again. So today I went driving, I took the back roads and I went all the way out to, I went far out today. I went fucking far. <laughs> I went far. I, I, I smell like, I put it like this, my, me and my car smells like hay and cow manure. That's how far I went out. I went out, but I went out far east, but you know, when you take the back roads of California, I always tell people, like, you take them out, you take the 88, take the 87, all them 80, all them 80 roads, and you go out further out to the, to the east, you hit Nevada, you hit Merkleyville, you hit Silver Lake, you hit those, like, those places of parts of California where a lot of people don't know exist, like, it's so, so, so beautiful, man. Like, so beautiful. And it really made me think how, like I said, how unhealthy it is to always frequent the same places, the same bars, the same. Now, granted, it's cool. There's nothing wrong with that because that's a lot of the times that's, that'd be where your people at, that where you feel comfortable at. But I do feel sometimes it's kind of stunts your growth a little bit. Like, you know, I always complain. I get on this podcast and talk all the time sometimes about how hard it is to find the woman in my dreams, find a woman that really fits me and completes me and makes me feel whole. But reality is, it's kind of stupid to have those complaints and say, and say, oh, woe is me. I'm having such a hard time finding somebody that makes me feel whole and that makes me feel just like Uncle Phil made um uh, Aunt Liv feel on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air but at the same time all I'm literally doing is going to the same four or five or six or seven corners around me that I've been going and expecting to find something different 
Rest in peace, Albert Einstein. What did Albert Einstein say the definition of insanity is? Doing the same thing twice and expecting different results. When I went shooting to practice my godforsaken ass aim with with the Glock yesterday, two days ago, like yesterday, it was interesting to notice that I could shoot incorrectly on purpose. I could miss my target on purpose by shooting incorrectly if I did it, but I could also shoot correctly on purpose too by doing the same thing if I wanted to hit it right. So I bring that up because if I know that these six or seven experience, these six or seven corners are going to give me the same experiences while I'm doing, why am I doing? I think a lot of the times as humans or just people in general, we complain about shit not changing. Excuse me. We complain about shit not changing, but at the same time, it's like, well, what are we doing to manifest that change? What are we doing to what are we doing in our what are, what are we really doing in our life to actually make the change happen to see progress? Oh, shoot. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. And one. Okay. Who that was scary. Okay. So and then it's like, so what are we actually doing to manifest that change? What are we doing to actually, to actually see something different than what we've been seeing? You know, I used to see it all the time, bro. I see it all the time with women. I watched the interview with the young man who's talking about his mom. And this nigga literally said his mom dated three different niggas who all went to jail. And it's kind of like, why are you dating, you know, and not saying she went and complained and said, woe is me. Why can't I find a good man? But at the same time, there has to be some kind of prototype or some kind of frame that you're looking for in a man that is giving you the same result after result after result after result after result. I think specifically in, in America, we really, really, really take advantage of our option for choice. And a lot of the times we're choosing to put ourselves in these situations, choosing to associate with certain people, choosing to give attention to certain people, because a lot of, and a lot of the time we do that because that's all we know. You know, that's all we know. You know, I, you know, a lot of the times you'll date a toxic woman. You'll let a toxic bitch sleep in your bed. You'll let a toxic nigga use your credit card or use your car while you at work because, you know. Somehow, some way in your brain, you constructed a reality or understanding that makes you feel like, well, this is all I know. This is all I'm going to give. This is all this. This is all that, you know, this is normal. This is what the standard is. And reality is, bro, it should it not. It's not it, that should not be the standard. That should not be like it's not. I'm not going to say it shouldn't be the standard, but I will say it's a choice for you to make it the standard and make it the norm in your life. You know what I mean? Like my um, my mom will always have certain experiences with certain kinds of niggas because she's always dating the same kind of nigga, but with different names and different faces and different physical features. But at the same, but in essence, it's the same framework, same thing. I see that with women all the time. I see women who oh, I always have, I always, I always end up dating guys who, who, who are tattoo artists or some weird shit like that. They always date guys who are fucking your, what the fuck? Like, yeah, well, okay, well, stuff. There are like a 3,000 other different career paths you can find 
guy. You couldn't date a guy who makes Vaseline. You couldn't date a guy who's a carpenter. Carpenters are really good guys, you know. And by the way, let me talk about something because I, I had brought this up in the podcast earlier. Um, talked about this on TikTok. There was a guy who was asking me, um, how do you get game? How do you get game? How do you get the game to talk to girls and with you? And I'll tell everybody this. I keep saying the same thing, bro. You just really have to just let it be natural. You just have to let it flow, you know, because I, I really do feel like if you try to force game, if you try to force trying to that weird pickup artistry kind of shit, it just comes off as corny, hacky and women see through that. Or you just piss them off and you annoy them, you know. It it just it is what it is. It just it just it it just comes it just comes off as hacky. Don't don't be that guy. Like don't be that guy. You know. Because I think a lot of the times I I think I think it's un without a shadow of a doubt that women for the most part want a man of high value. But like I've stated on this podcast, like I've stated on the podcast when we're with our friends, it is something to be said about how a lot of the time what a woman deems valuable might be what one woman deems valuable what Keisha deems valuable might be totally different than what Becky deems is valuable of high value. I mean, shout out to Joe Budden. Joe Budden on this podcast said something so powerful a few weeks ago and I and I and I and I wanted to reiterate it. A lot of dudes think that the average beautiful, I'm talking about fine ass woman should who should have 400,000 followers on TikTok or on Instagram wants a dope dealer or somebody who makes millions and millions of dollars selling goddamn ketchup or something. I don't know. A lot of the times I've seen, bro, I've seen this happen a thousand times. A lot of the time, all she really wants sometimes is the dude who's just proficient at his job. It's a lot of women out there, bro. I see, I see it in Mexican culture all the time. It's a lot of. I'm talking about some fine ass, talking about some fine ass women who literally just want the guy who owns his own construction company, or want the guy who's the tap tattoo artist in his area, wants the guy who's the tap who's the top barber in his area. Hell, sometimes be real with you. Sometimes it some, and then even even if you take that out the way, sometimes a woman just wants a man who she just seen, bro. One thing I can tell you about women, what we really take advantage of, and I can tell you from my personal experience, and this is why I can't, this is why no matter how many bad experiences I've had with women, how many bad experiences I had, I can't really shit on women is because women have a way of seeing the greatness in a nigga who has no, when I can tell you, (laughs) there are so many women in my life, dog, who were finer than me have better jobs than me or on better career paths than me now making three times what I'm making who gave my stupid dumbass a chance. And when I really think back on it, I'm like, damn, like I really messed that up. I mean, some real like women just have a way sometimes like if you a certain type of dude, a woman can have a way of seeing something in you that nobody does, you know, that's what it is. Um, Moving on from that. There's some other topics I should address. Um, the black and Jamaican identity thing. I, I, there is a lot of Jamaicans right now who are, who are, they're not mad, but they kind of are. I don't know if I, I feel like I should talk about this more on TikTok because I feel like it'd be such a. I'm going to just say this to you guys who are out there. Being black, 
for those who know what I'm talking about, they know what I'm talking about. Being half ah, like talking about this shit. It's a it's a it's it's such a long conversation to have. And I just I'll respond to y'all on TikTok and just go there. But much love to all of y'all out there. Much love to every single one of y'all out there who listened to that who listened to that video I did and who are showing love just because you know I appreciate y'all. I appreciate y'all presence. You know, y'all make the podcast popping. With my TikTok channel, I am going to start going out and recording my trips out when I go to Silver Lake, when I go to Comanche, when I go to Santa Rosa, when I go to certain shops out there, when I go to certain restaurants out there. Because one thing I did take from today, there is so many corners and little areas and lakes and just beautiful parts of California that are unexplored and people don't know about it. A lot of people in California till this day do not know about the existence of like a baby, basically a fucking miniature Disneyland in, um, in Sovang. A lot of people do not know that Sobang exists, and I thought it was Sobang is beautiful. So I'm gonna start. Um, I'm gonna start. Sh- I'm gonna start doing that too because I want. I want. I want you. I want to start. Sh- I think what my podcast. You know, I always talk about what's going on in NorCal and the Bay and Central Valley, but also to a certain extent, what I want to do. What I want to do is start letting y'all know about the parts of California, the parts of California culture that you didn't know existed. I want to tell you about how beautiful Markleyville is. I want to tell you about how beautiful Silver Lake is. I want to tell you about how nice Joshua Tree looks. I want to show you how I want to show you tell you about how Big Tree looks. I want to tell you about the the hottie fails that they have in Tracy. I want to tell you about the you know the candy the that 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 goddamn clock store they got in Solvang. I want to tell you about Moro Bay. A lot of people don't even know that Moro Bay exists. Moro Bay is beautiful. A lot of people don't know about Moro Rock. So much love. Peace to everybody out there. This is the West Coast Greatest Voice Podcast. We out here. Thank y'all, and I shall see y'all some other time. Thank y'all.